Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. All right, so who won the game? Who won the game? That's all. Who had more? We did? No way. Yes. Yes. Just kidding. But not the real. I'm serious. No, I'm just joking. Uh, if you've been able to kind of join us on Wednesday nights, we've been doing a um, kind of a live or a devotion there on Facebook. And last, this past Wednesday night, we were looking at Ephesians chapter 4, and we were looking at verses 4 through 6, and where Paul was talking about unity in the church. And he talked about this one specific word, and it's the word one. And he talked about one body, one spirit, one faith, you know, one God, one, one hope, one love. All of these things he was mentioning in this scripture. And, I, I, and I'm going to be honest with you this morning for just a moment if I can. This past week has really been a struggle for me, not in a, in a bad way, but just I've had a hard time really putting together a sermon for today. I just felt like my mind has been under attack this this whole week because of where we are right now in our world. When you watch the news, it just breaks your heart. Or at least it should. Let me say it that way. It should break our hearts for what's happening in our world today. And, and so this morning, I, I want to talk to you for just a few moments. I, I've titled this sermon, Unite. But there's a battle right now in our world that's happening around us that our society, guys, I'm going to tell you, I'm gonna be honest, it's broken. It's broken. It needs to be fixed. Something needs to happen among our cultures today. I don't care what color we are. White, black, green, orange, purple, it doesn't matter in the eyes of God. All people matter. And so we as the church need to learn to lead the way. As I said, I was a praying. If we, have any, if we have racism in our heart, it needs to go. If it has hatred in our heart, it needs to go. If we had bitterness in our heart, it needs to go. Because we will never be the church that God has called us to be if we, have in the, we harbor those feelings in our heart. We harbor those feelings in our heart. And so what I feel like God is saying to us is it's time that the church unites, comes together, all people, all races, all backgrounds, it doesn't matter. It's time that we come together and do what God's called us to do, and that is to reach the lost. To unite as one, arm in arm, hand in hand. All people come together and unite and do exactly what God's called us to do. Because if we do not do what God has called us to do, and the church does not step forward and lead the way, then nothing will ever change in our world. Because I'm telling you this morning, it doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't matter who's the president. It doesn't matter who the vice president is. None of those things are going to change the way that we need to act. The only way that's going to change it is that we, re we know who we are in God and the church leads the way. That's what God has called us to do as the church is to lead the way. And there's no better time in our society than we live right now than the church to lead the way. Than the church to lead the way. I want to read something to you in 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is what it says. It says, but mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. That's a good place to say amen. Because there's terrible times in the days that we live in. 
It says people will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous and rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then it goes on to say, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with those such types of people. That's what 2 Timothy says to us this morning. And I don't know about you, but that is exactly where our world is at right now that we live in. Right now, the days that we are living in is exactly what 2 Timothy is talking about. I don't know when Jesus will return. I don't know what day that he is going to come back. All I know is that the time that we have right now is crucial to be out in the streets and doing what God has called the church to do, and that is reaching the lost and showing them what love is all about. It's, a, it's, it's crucial timing because God could come back tomorrow. God could come back next week, and we don't want to be standing here as a church going, well, I didn't do what God called me to do. I didn't move forward in what God, I wish I had enough time. Listen, we have plenty of time. We have plenty of time to do what God has called us to do as the church, because the world is in perilous times right now. The word perilous actually in the Greek is translated troubles difficulty, and stressful situations. What does that talk about today? That's our world. Trouble, stressful situations, difficulty. There's, it's all around us. And my question to us, and especially me, what are we doing about it? What are we doing? Are we burying our heads in the sand just hoping that it will go away? That it will just hoping that it will change? And we're going to tell you, change will only come when the church leads the way. To be united together as one body, one spirit, one God, one hope, one love, one faith under one God. That's what Paul says in, second, or in, in Ephesians. You see, right now in our world, the, the devil is driving a wedge between people. And it didn't just start today. It didn't just start yesterday. But it started all the way back in the garden. He is driving a wedge between people today. He's driving a wedge between the church and the lost. He's driving a wedge between black and white and green and orange and purple. He's driving a wedge between all of these people. Because he's trying to stop a move of God. In church, if we don't listen to what the scripture says and we don't move forward, then God is not going to be able to do what God needs to do through you and through me. Now, God will be able to do it through someone else, but I want him to do it through me. I want him to do it through this church. I don't want to miss an opportunity just because somebody is different than me. I don't want to miss an opportunity because somebody's skin color is different than me. It's uniting together, one body, one spirit, under one God, and doing what God has called us to do. The wedge is, dry, is being driven between the church and the world. The very people that your church is called to reach, the devil's driving a wedge between them, and we're not paying attention to what's going on in our world. It just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. It's causing bitterness in the church. It's causing hatred in the church towards the world who God has called us to reach because they're not like us. They're not like us. Go all the way back to the very beginning when the devil began to talk to Adam and Eve. And in that moment, he began to drive a wedge between humanity and God. Because he was trying to stop God's plan. He was trying to stop God's plan. The devil introduced it in a way that made humanity think about self 
and not God. He made it look away where it was about us and not God, about doing our own thing, about us not leading the way in God's, what God has called us to do. If you go back to verse chapter 1 in 2 Timothy, the very first thing that it says is this, people will be lovers of what? What does it say? Themselves. Can I tell you this morning, that's where everything falls apart in our world, when people become lovers of themselves and they don't have love for other people. That's the root, listen, that is the root of everything else that happens. It's because we become lovers of ourselves. Look what he says. He goes on to say lovers of themselves. Then he says lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient. But what leads the way? People, lovers of themselves. Lovers of themselves. And that's where we are in our world today. We become lovers of ourselves. So much that we don't love other people. And I'm just speaking in general. I'm not saying anybody in this room is that way. I'm just speaking in general as a whole. Having love for one another. That's what God has called us. And that's why we are in the conflict that we are in today. Why? Because we've become lovers of ourselves. Instead of loving others. You see Romans chapter 12 verses 3. It says this. It says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with faith God has distributed to each of you. Now you think about your life for a moment and you think about the faith and the grace that God has shown you in your life. What he's saying is you need to be showing that to other people. You don't need to think just because you go to church or just because you've done this or just because you've done that that you're better than they are. You are not better than they are. You've just made a decision to follow God. They haven't yet. So you need to look at your life. You need to go, man, God has given me grace. God has given me mercy. God has showed me love because I was a sinner. I was worthless and God showed me all of these things. So in return, I need to learn how to show other people the same thing that God has showed me because I'm no different than they are. But that's what the world thinks or that's what sometimes the church thinks that we are. See, we have to love people no matter what color of skin they have. We need to love people no matter if, whether they're sinners or they're saved. We need to love others whether they've done right or they've done wrong. That's what God did to you, and that's what God did to me. He loved me when I was wrong, and he still loves me when I'm right, which is not much. Ask my wife. She will tell you, you're not right at all. But it doesn't matter. We need to learn to love people no matter where they are. Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. It's about showing the love of Jesus Christ to people. And that's what God says to the church. Just because you disagree with me doesn't mean I don't love you. We need to learn to sit down and have conversations with one another. This older needs to sit down with the younger and have conversation with one another and just show them what they're talking about and, 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 just, and just talk and, and, and talk about love and how can we change the world together. But there's a division that's happening. The older generation sees it one way. The younger generation sees it another way. What does God see it? That's where we need to meet in the middle where God sees it. But being united as one is what God has called each and every one of us to be in our world today. You see, the greatest example of Jesus is summed up in one word. It's love. 
The greatest example of Jesus is summed up in one, in one word, love. You see, when we love ourselves more than we love others, then I can tell you this morning, you are not being, and I am not being, an example of Jesus Christ. Jesus was the greatest example and led the way to love people no matter where they were. Do you remember the lady that was called in adultery? She was brought to Jesus by the religious crowd, which I, I'm always wondering when I read that story, okay, how did they catch her in the act? Were they there? Did somebody tell them about it? But they brought her to Jesus. And they threw her down on the ground, wanting Jesus to condemn her in that moment. But Jesus just began to reach down and ride in the ground. And he says, okay, guys, if you haven't sinned, then go ahead and throw the first stone. And what happened? They dropped stones and they turned and walked away because they were all sinners. Their sin was just different than hers. And he looked at her and he says, I love you. Go and sin no more. And in that moment, love changed her. Jesus changed her. That's the only thing that's ever going to change this world is Jesus Christ. It's not you. It's not me. It's not my opinions. It's not my social media posts or anything. It's what God is doing through me. It's what God is doing through me. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 and 39. This is what Jesus says. He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. That is the first greatest commandment. And then he says this, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Raise your hands if you love yourself this morning. Wow, two people. Raise your hands if you love yourself this morning. Come on, guys. Everybody in this room, you love yourself. Why? Because you take care of yourself. You feed yourself. You do the things that you need to take care of yourself. If you didn't love yourself, you wouldn't do those things. But God says to love others as you love yourself. And some people really love themselves. But God says, that's how I want you to love people, is to how you love others. Listen, I don't know if God really dropped this statement in my heart or I read this somewhere, so I can't take credit for it. But this is what I wrote down in my notes. We will never change the world with our opinions. We will only change the world with our actions. It will never change just because you have an opinion about something. But it will always change by your action. We lead by example. You can tell me all day that you love others, but I'm watching your life. I'm seeing how you connect with them. I'm watching even myself how we do things as the church. Loving others and leading the way is what God has called us to do. So how do we change this world? How do we change this world? How do we come arm to arm to one another? It's found in Ephesians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me this morning. I'm going to be brief. I just got two points this morning. They're not even really points. They're just thoughts. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 18 says this. It says, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups become one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law which it commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. 
He came and He preached peace to you who were far away and preached peace to those who were near. For through Him, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. So how do we change the world? Through the cross. Through the cross. The only way and the only place to find peace in this world is in Jesus Christ. Listen to me this morning. If you have Jesus living in your life, then you have peace. You don't have to live in turmoil because you have God living in your life, which God is peace. So we have peace living within our lives, as the scripture says. Why? Because he is our peace. God becomes your peace. God helps you to look at others the way God looks at them. I can tell you, there was a time in my life that I did not look at other people the way I should have looked at them. I did not look at them through the eyes of God. I had my own opinions, but God changed my heart, and he's still changing my heart. But it's all about peace. If we want peace in this world, then we have to give them Jesus Christ, and we have to live it in our life. For he himself is our peace. When you can't find peace, guess who your peace is? When you're in a storm, guess where your peace is? When you're, in a, when you're having a difficulty in your life, where is your peace? It's in Jesus Christ. It is offered through Jesus Christ in your life. You see, he divides. Listen, he brought two groups of people, the Jews and the Gentiles, together. And can I tell you this morning, that's a hard thing to do. Because racism didn't just start 150 years ago. It goes all the way back to the creation. Jews and Gentiles have hated each other forever. But in that moment, Jesus brought them together through what? Through the cross. Through the peace of Jesus. He brought them two together. The dividing wall of hostility was destroyed in that moment. Why? Because he is our peace. Can I tell you this morning, there is no peace outside of Jesus. You will never find peace outside of Jesus Christ. There's only one place you can find it, and that is in him. Paul says that through Jesus... That these two groups of people, the Jews and the Gentiles, now have peace. The believers now have peace. Why? They become one. The wall has been torn down that has been built up between these two people. Can I tell you this morning? There's a wall that's being built between the races in our nation today. Do you remember the greatest speech ever by President Reagan? Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's what we need in America today is God to tear down the wall that divides us and them so that we can freely reach them and they can freely come to us. But in that moment, Jesus destroyed the wall of hostility between two groups of people that hated one another. So if he did it then, then he definitely can do it now. If we would just listen to his voice. Turn off the news. Turn it off. Listen to something else. Stop feeding your mind with negativity all the time. Now, I'm not saying not be aware of what's happening in the world, but you've got to listen to Jesus instead of listening to everything else that's happening in our world. You see, walls are instrument of division. Walls divide people. Walls divide families. Walls divide churches. And they must be torn down so that the love of Jesus can reach people. Even in our churches today, guys, there's walls that are being built. Why? Because the enemy's building. 
The, in, the people are ale- allowing the enemy to build the walls in their life to divide them from the church, to divide them from their families, to divide them from the rest of the world. And if you will let him build it, he will build it in your life. He may not ask you. He may just come in and start doing it because you let him. See, it will never change because of our opinions. It will only change when the church acts like the church out of love for other people and the love for humanity. You see, Jesus came to this earth to bring reconciliation among people. Jesus came not only to tear down the wall that was built up between us and God. You see, you got to understand this morning, it's, more, it's not just about between races. It's about between us and God. You see, there was a wall that separated us and God. And when Jesus Christ came to this earth, in that moment, he tore it down so that we would have access to the Father. And what we need in our world is, is God to tear down the wall so that we can have access to sinners and love them, not love what they do, but love them in a way that, that God can speak to them and, and bring them to the Father. It's not about my opinions. It's about what Jesus wants to do through me. Shelby, I want to ask you if you would come on up this morning. If Jesus came to bring reconciliation, we have to understand that God loves all people. Amen. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that one more time. God loves all people. It doesn't matter what color. Can I tell you this morning, this is not a skin issue. This is a sin issue. There's sin in our, in our lives, in our world, and the devil's running. Just, hey, he's having a heyday right now. And it's time that it stops. And that we love people the way that God loved us. See, Jesus destroyed that barrier between the Jews and the Gentiles. You see, they had re- re- uh, religious differences. They had culture differences. They had racial differences. All of those things we're facing today. It's not about this church fighting that church. It's not about this group fighting that group. It's about all of us coming together to achieve one goal, and that is to win people to Jesus Christ. So these two people came together. These two groups came together through the cross, through what Jesus did on the cross. It's the only thing that, that's the only way that things will ever change is that we take them to the cross. Because I want to tell you this morning is the, the, the ground that's around the cross, it's all level, it's all the same. It doesn't matter. Jesus says, just come all. All people, come to me. You see, Jesus wants church to be united together. And what I see is, not, I'm, not, I'm just speaking in general, what, what's going to happen more and more is that you're going to see so much division in the church because the devil's driving that wedge between it. People are going to get their feelings hurt because so-and-so did so-and-so and this happened and that happened. And I, can I tell you this morning, we are all people who all make mistakes. But we have to learn how to forgive and not run away to somewhere else. Because if the change doesn't happen in you or in me, then we just take it somewhere else. God says, love people. I came. I'm your peace. I'm your peace. If we have a problem with race, if we have a problem with others, if we, all of these things that we need to put ourselves where the cross is, right at the foot of the cross and say, God, change me. Change me. Psalms chapter 139 
20, 23 and 24 says this, and I read it again last week, but I want to read it to you again. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offense in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. God, whatever needs to change in me, change it. Search me, God. Do it. Do it. You know how you sometimes in your, you do a, a spring cleaning in your house? You just you clean everything because it's been cooped up all along. What we need is God to come in and do a spring cleaning in us and wash out what doesn't need to be there and put in what de- definitely needs to be there. Guys, listen, I'm speaking to you, but I'm, I'm speaking more to me. was a sinner who didn't have a way, but God provided me a way through a man named Jesus Christ that changed me. Not perfect, but I'm a process. I'm a work. I'm just glad he's still working on me. God's called us to, to love people. You see, that means so much, people mean so much to God that he was willing to send his son to this earth. All people. And why? Because it was his purpose. Verses 15 and 16 says this. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two. That was his purpose, was to bring these people together. Can I tell you this morning, you know what God's purpose is? Is to bring us together. <laughs> the devil's purpose is to divide us. God's purpose is to bring us together. To bring one or to bring one humanity out of two, excuse me, making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which He put to death their hostility. His purpose is to bring people together, to unite all people. It's only created in one place, and that's in Jesus Christ. One family through Jesus Christ. Verses 17 and 18 goes on and it says this. He says, he came and he preached peace to those who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. You see, he came to preach to those that were far from him. And he also came to preach to those who were close to him. Those Gentiles that were far from him, he came to preach peace to those. But guess what? He also came to preach peace to the church to you and I so that we would live it every single day to make a difference in the kingdom peace isn't for those that are far away but peace is also for those who are close to him I want you if you would just stand with your feet this morning we're gonna just take some time this morning I'm gonna ask Shelby to sing she can sing If you want to sing Waymaker, you can do so. But what I want for us to do this morning is let's let's take some time and let's do some inventory of our life. And ask God, God, what needs to be gone? What needs to be removed from my life? Because God, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't want to suffer with this anymore. I don't want to feel this way anymore. God, I I want it all to be gone because I, I want to be able to be that example of love to other people. And if I have this situation in my life, I can't because it's blocking, that wall is blocking me from them. The church needs to lead by example. And as we, the church, which is all of us, 
are we going to lead by example? All ages, whatever, are we going to lead by example? Because can I tell you this morning, guess where it starts? With me. I can't expect you to do something that I'm not going to do myself. So it's leading by example. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.